In this episode, I'm going to talk about getting lost in the woods, how to avoid it, what to do if it happens. In an April 11, 2019 article from National Geographic, it talks about day hikers and how they're the most vulnerable in survival situations. And here's why. It cites on March 1st of 2019, California two sisters, ages five and eight, went for a walk in the woods adjoining their 80-acre rural property. They didn't come home. Search and rescue would find them 44 hours later, huddled under a huckleberry bush in the forest, cold and dehydrated, but safe. A new study by SmokyMountain.com shows it's not just children are at risk. According to research, wandering off the trail is the number one reason, ahead of injury and bad weather, that adult hikers require search and rescue. The study analyzed 100 plus news reports over the past 25 years to identify the most common ways adults in North America got lost while hiking in national parks and wilderness. What they did do to what they did do to survive and how they made it out alive. 41% of the survivors began their odysseys which ranged from half days missing to 90 days by accidentally straying from the trail. Another 16% fell off the trail and couldn't find their way back. So there's a, as you heard from that article, there's a number of things that could happen that could cause us to be lost. One is very obvious when we stray off the trail. Um, and that really shouldn't happen, but it does. Uh, people have their bucket list where they have these trailless peaks they're trying to find and it may, a lot of these peaks don't even have herd paths. You're pretty much relying on your navigation skills or the electronics you're using to get you there. That's a, a way to get lost. Um, but there's other ways. Personally, only a month ago, my friends and I were out hiking in Pennsylvania on the Loyal Sock Trail. And I'd say between the three of us, we have quite a bit of hiking experience. I can't speak for my two friends, but I've been doing this since 1972. And I'm not sure you can call what we did what we did get lost, but we were off the trail. We came to a trail junction where we were supposed to be looking for a marker to make a left-hand turn, but we kept going straight. And uh, good reason why. It was a nice wide road, relatively flat with some easy um, elevation. It just You didn't want to get off of this road. And when we turned around and went back and laughing about our mistake... Once we saw what we were turning onto, it was no longer a laughing matter. The trail became very steep, slippery rocks covered with leaves, but we were at least on the right trail. We weren't lost to the point where we needed to worry or, and we'll get into the perils of worrying once you get lost, Um, but we were able to get right back on the trail. But again, there's a lot of years of experience between the three of us. And yes, we made a wrong turn. We caught it early enough where we were able to turn around. Um, and we were on a marked trail. No chance, I think, that that was going to end tragically. We go out there prepared. Worst case scenario, we might have ended up hiking an extra few miles, putting on our headlamps. And at the next hike, we're having a beer. Have a good story to laugh about. A second story I want to share goes back to 1983. Uh, 
my brother, my, on our friends, my friends, his friends, we went to Stoke State Park in New Jersey, up in that area, an area I'm very familiar with. I've been hiking up there since I was eight years old, seven years old. Yeah, seven years old was my first trip up there. And we were just, you know, we were young adults. I was 18. And, you know, so the age range was anywhere from 16 to maybe 19 or 20. And we were just kind of wandering around on trails, not really paying attention to the trail we were on. And before we knew it, we were like, oh, where are we? Nobody's really been paying attention. So we just kind of stopped and decided to have a snack and we're kind of, we're talking. One of the members of our group, however, became panicked and started saying, guys, we're lost. And in just a few hours, it's going to be dark out here. You know, we're, um, you know, we're vulnerable. You know, we can, we can really get hurt out here. This isn't good. Well, it was May. <laughs> it's New Jersey. You walk any direction for two hours or an hour, I guarantee not even an hour and a half hour, you're going to find a road. Why do I know that? Because I've always spent time looking over the maps in the area I'm going to hike in. Yes, even when I was from the time, I think maybe I was in the fifth grade, I probably learned how to ma read maps before I did books. So maybe even earlier than that. But he panicked. And he said, well, I don't care what you guys are doing. I'm not going to die out here. I'm going back. I'm going to find my way back to the car. So we, in a very irresponsible way, nobody stopped him. We let him go off. We got back to the car. We found our way back because we realized, okay, let's just retrace our steps. We'll get, we'll get back. We, we've been between among us. We've been up here enough times. This is not a big deal. And we made our way back and he wasn't there. And we waited an hour. And finally, the person who was driving drove over to the ranger station and notified the ranger that, hey, somebody from our hiking party is missing. He kind of went off on his own. And at this point, it went from joking to very serious. You know, where is he? Where could he have gone to? Did he get hurt? Did he fall? Well, it took the rangers about an hour and a half. At this point, it was maybe 30, 9 o'clock at night, and they found him. He was walking. He was two miles walking away from the parking lot where we were parked. And when the ranger pulled up, the ranger said, asked him who he was, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm looking for the guys I hiked with. The, the parking, our parking area is just up the road here. And the ranger had to explain to him, no, you're heading in the wrong direction. This is just an example how panic led to some bad decisions on his part. And yes, we were irresponsible. Somebody in our group of six, one of the five of us should have stopped him and said, no, you're just making a bad decision. Calm down. Everything's going to be fine. But anyway, that story, that situation turned out fine. Nobody got hurt. So what do we do to not become that guy, to not become that story that makes its way around social media or in the news? Well, we can start with the 10 essentials. I recently did an episode on the 10 essentials. I'm not going to go by, through them item by item, but I am going to talk about a couple of them and add to that. I often like to refer to it as the 10 plus essentials. So I'm just going to touch on some important ones, like a map and compass. Know how to use them, okay? Study that map before you head out on the trail. Some extra clothing. In some parts of this country, I live in upstate New York. Any time of the year, that temperature can drop low enough where you could be in danger of hypothermia. Don't take that 10 essential list lightly. If you have a first aid kit, make sure it's stocked. Make sure you have what you need in there. And if you have extra things in there, make sure it's use. Make sure the things in your first aid kit are useful, and or that you know how to use the things in a first aid kit. 
They're no use to you. They're just dead weight if you don't know how to use those items or, or, or what they're needed for. And my favorite, your flashlight and headlamp. Make sure the batteries are fresh in them, okay? Make sure you're not carrying a flashlight that has dead batteries. A flashlight may have been in your bag for five, six years and you never had to take it out and use it. And now all of a sudden you need it and the batteries are dead. Check the batteries every time you're going out on a hike. Personally, I change them out once a year, whether I've used the batteries or not. If the batteries go dead on my controller for the TV, not a big deal. But if they go dead on my flashlight when I'm in the woods at night, that is a big deal. So once a year, they get changed out regularly. So, And don't underestimate the weather. Yeah, you, I know a lot of people do this, but hey, it's going to be clear. No chance of rain today. I don't need to carry that extra weight of rain gear. Bring it with you. It's an extra layer. If nothing else, it gives you an extra layer to keep you warm if you get stuck out there at night. But pack it regardless if it's going to rain or not. And the other things that aren't in that list that personally I feel should be, should have a watch with you, should be, uh, should have, should be cognitive to the idea, to, to the time where you are time-wise. It's always good. And the habit I have is I like to check my pace while I'm hiking. It always helps me to know how many miles I'm covering per hour. Um, but it is something you need that is always recommended. And I'm not sure why it's not on that list. Um, insect repellent, sunscreen, things like that. They're just good to have. I always throw some cordage in there, some some uh, 550 power cord I put in there. Just, again, it's just those light things. It's not a lot of weight, but just can really come in handy when you have to. You may carry them around. I've never needed the cord I bring with. I got things in my bag. I've got my bag that I claw if the crap hits the fan bag. Okay, I fit it in a nice waterproof bag. I've never had to use it, but it has more than the 10 essentials. It probably has more like 18 essentials in it, and it doesn't weigh that much. And fortunately, I've never had to take it out on the trail and use it, but I know where it is if I need it. So that would be step one to preparing yourself. The next thing you do, do your homework. Before you go out and hike, do your homework. We have the internet, people. Get online. Look at these areas. Study these areas. Get yourself a map you can bring with you. There's nothing better than a hard copy of a map. Don't depend on downloading it to your phone. Have a copy of it with you. Study it before you go out there. Identify the attributes of the terrain. Water crossings. Uh, see what the, if you're hiking on a trail, which I hope everybody is staying on a trail. Know what color trail markers or what the blazes are. The names of the trails are helpful. Know where the trail junctions are. These are all things that are good to know in advance. Know where the parking area is you're driving to before you leave the house. Write your plan up. Okay? Have a written plan. Again, I'm doing I'm gonna tell you what I do. This doesn't mean it's the right way or the only way to do it. I'm just sharing with you what I do. I write up a plan on my computer. I type up a plan. In that plan, I include the name of the area I'm going to. If it's, a, if it's a park or a forest or a wilderness area, that's what's on there. The date that I'm hiking. These are things that are right up on the top. Then I go on to include the name of the trails and the color markers of those trails. The plan also includes um, how many miles I expect to walk. 
and the estimated time I'll be hiking for. What my final destination is that day. If I'm hiking to a summit, if I'm hiking to Slide Mountain, I'm going to put in there the trails and the markers that I'll be looking for while I'm on my way to Slide Mountain. And the emergency contact area for that area, for the for where you're hiking in. Um, if it's the state police, if there's uh, park service, put that into your plan. And when possible, make a copy of the map and show on the map where, where you intend to hike and the route you intend to take. I send that to my wife, then I print it out, and I put a copy of it in my backpack. It's usually buried in there, hoping I never have to take it out. But I have two copies. So one is with my wife. The other one, I keep with me. You always want to have a copy of that with somebody you can trust, whether it's a spouse, um, a sibling, a close friend, whoever it is. Send it off to somebody that's not going to be in your hiking party. So I talked about taking maps with you. You have your maps. You start your hike. You want to keep an eye on other things. I always look at the weather forecast. That's something I'm always, again, I've always been kind of a, a nerd with this, but I look at the weather forecast ahead of time. There is nothing wrong with canceling a hike because of bad weather. Okay. If you're on a, now I could see if you're on a multi-week or you're through hiking one of the major trails, you don't have a choice. But if you're just going on a day hike and you see that the area in the, on your map has bad weather in the forecast, there is nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what? This is not the best day to hike. These aren't the best conditions. You know, there's no such thing as a bad day of hiking. Well, that can be true. But if somebody slips and gets hurt because you decide to go rain, go hiking in the rain, uh, or it just downpoured the entire time, I might be able to argue with you. You can have a bad day of hiking, um, especially if somebody gets hurt. Don't be afraid to cancel your plans or change your plans. The mountains are going nowhere. They will be there. They will be there next week, next month, next year. Don't be afraid to postpone. When you get on the trail, pay attention. Now, I already pointed out how we made a little bit of a mistake a month ago while we were hiking. We're experienced hikers. And just, you know, it could be kids or it could be adults. When you're in a group, you start talking. You stop paying attention. It's easy to get distracted. Some areas, the trails aren't marked as well as in others. And then there's other times, and I'll share another personal story. Uh, back in 2019, I was with a friend on the Finger Lakes Trail, and the markers weren't very clear. There were some area. It was early in the season. There were some blowdowns, and trail crews hadn't had a chance to get out there yet. And we somehow ended up in a dry stream bed instead of on the trail. And we hiked maybe a half mile before we realized this, but we were able to catch ourselves. We we stopped and. We said, okay, wait a minute. We haven't seen a trail marker for a while. And we looked back and retraced our steps. We didn't go running off into the woods. We just simply turned around and said, okay, let's keep walking back until we see a trail marker. That is so important. Pay attention to the trail markers. I would venture to say that 90% of the time when people get lost who aren't going off into the woods, aren't going off the trail on purpose or by design, when people just wander off the trail, it's because they've either lost the trail markers or weren't paying attention. It's as simple as just stopping, retrace your steps until you find the trail markers. And even on well-marked trails, 
like we found out a month ago, it's easy to miss a trail marker or to miss a turn. And that goes back to why you should be studying your map, your maps in advance. You, you want to know where those trail junctions are, where those possibilities might be. Not that you're going to remember every one of them, but pay attention. Maybe you can find them in advance. You want, And that's another reason why when I talk about understanding and knowing the attributes of where you're hiking, that comes in handy as well. If you know there's going to be a stream crossing within two miles of your hike and you've been hiking for a while and you don't come to a stream crossing, something might be wrong. You might be on the wrong trail. You may have taken a wrong turn. So those are the things that are important. You should know how many miles it's going to take you, what the elevation is, and have enough knowledge of your own hiking ability to know how long it's going to take you to get from point A to point B to point C. Take your time. Something I like to do, and again, I haven't been doing it as often as I like to, but taking out the map. When I take a break, whether it's for some water, to have a snack, take out the map, and it's almost like a game for me. I'll look around and say, okay, here's where I'm at. Now, if I look here to the north, I should see this. Okay, good. And, and I used to, and I, and I really want to start doing this again. I even take my compass out and start saying, okay, so if I go in this direction, I should see this. It, helped, it was a big help at a time when I really wanted to keep my navigation skills sharp. And again, why I need to get back to it. Um, because navigation skills are something, if you're not using them, you will lose them. This gives you that opportunity to be practicing those skills regularly. And if you're doing it, it will help you to prevent from getting lost, from being that person that gets lost in the woods. Okay. People still get lost, even with all this knowledge. Okay. Things you do if you get lost. And I'm talking lost, lost. Like, oh my God, we not only did we miss a trail junction, but we were like deep into the woods and it's going to get dark in an hour. First thing is stay calm. It's easy to say sitting here in my house with the sun shining through the window, but yes, stay calm. As difficult as that can, as that can be in a situation like that, you need to do that. I always recommend that's a good time for you just to take a break. Sit down, find a place, take your pack off, sit down, drink some water. When you're dehydrated, you're far more likely to make bad decisions. If you're well hydrated and well fed, you're going to function better. Mentally, you'll be able to function better. If you have a snack, drink some water, clear your head. If you're hiking with somebody, it's a good time just to maybe joke around. Change the topic. Don't stress out and focus on the fact that you're you're lost. Give it some time. Then go back and come, come up with a strategy. A lot of times, it's just a matter of clearing your head. Put the stress on the back burner or clear the stress out of your mind so you can focus. Drinking some water, relaxing, have a few snacks. And like I said, if you're with some friends, just talk about something that's fun to talk about. Then go back and come up with a strategy. And don't panic. <laughs> Sometimes it can be real interesting when you're in a group though and trying to, and, and you're lost or can't find your way. That's a, that can be an episode in itself. And we'll get to that probably in, a, in another episode. Now that I think about it, it might be an interesting one. But hey, I'm not telling you this is foolproof. I'm not telling you what I'm what I've provided you with is going to uh, prevent you from ever getting lost. Because if it did, I wouldn't have these little snafus from time to time. But if you're following them, I think you'd really be doing the the folks, the brave, dedicated folks who 
who are involved with search and rescue, you'll be doing them a favor if they can spend more time waiting for those calls than going out on them. They spend a lot of time preparing to go out and rescue people, whether they're injured or lost. They put a lot of time into preparing for it, but I'm pretty sure they'd rather just be doing drills and preparing than going out for the real deal. I've talked to search and rescue people, and they've all said the same thing. And when a call doesn't, we have a, a weekend where no calls come in, that's a good thing. Don't be that person. Don't be the person who becomes that story on social media that gets passed around. Don't be the person that's in the local newspaper or in the local news. Take the necessary steps to keep yourself safe. Go out there. Enjoy the outdoors. Be safe. If you like this podcast and the platform you're listening to it on allows you to comment, uh, give us a like. And make sure you go to the website, papabearhikes.com. Thanks again. Be safe. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.